Previously on the Damage Guild podcast. Nosy Nerdock, we would like to help you in finding Wilm. I assume you know what you're doing. Please, have no reason to doubt us. You hear the moaning just everywhere around you. Let's try to uh, sneak past. I'm very unstealthy. So I'll wait here as I'm sneaking. I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) Two of them turn towards you, blood dripping from their mouths. I say we run. That leaves Tokus alone. I'm going to go hide in the wheelbarrow. You hear some zombies passing within a few feet. I'm going to open the music box so it starts playing, and I'm going to toss it as far as I can throw it. Zombies gather around the music box. I will quietly vacate the wheelbarrow. You accidentally kick a metal pail. I'm going to make a break for it. I'll pull an object out of my bag. It's got long pipes on it and a big bag, and I will (laughs) blow it. To it. You see Aslo playing on top of a roof. I need to act fast. I imagine you're not going to keep playing this song, right? Eventually you're going to stop. <laughs> I'll keep playing as long as I need to. If I look down and I see Tokus running and there's zombies following him and there's zombies where he's going, then I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to take out my bow and, and start shooting the zombies that are coming after him. You can't see the ones behind him yet. They're still behind other buildings. You just see him running, approaching the crowd of zombies. Maybe shoot the crowd that he's approaching then? Yeah. I mean, I feel like shooting arrows into the crowd of zombies, I know it probably is not doing much, but in my mind, that's the most useful and helpful thing that I can be doing for Tokus right now. Is there a clean like path to the house that Shaba's in? You'd have to pass all the zombies on the way. They haven't filled up the street. So if you kind of cling to this edge right next to these buildings, you could maybe run by. Okay, I'm going to do that. As I'm running towards the building Shaba's in, I'm going to take out my, my rope. I'm going to tie it around myself, like a good like double you know half hitch <laughs> knot, like a good... And I'm going to take the other end of the rope, and I'm going to like... Hope that Shaba gets the message. Don't you have a crossbow? I, can I shoot rope? <laughs> if you tie one end around your waist, and then the other one around the shaft of the arrow, or the bolt, and then shoot me with it? Then you can <laughs> launch yourself up onto the roof. But I'm also running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shooting it doesn't really work. You could do it for small ropes and threads, nothing that would support real person's weight. Yeah, I guess with a hempen rope, it's just so thick that tying yeah. a knot around a, a shaft of a, an arrow. It would get caught on the crossbow itself. They use bows for starting off building bridges. They'd shoot a small string across and then tie a slightly bigger one to that and get bigger and bigger and bigger, but not enough for a real person. Yeah, so I'm going to try to throw the rope to you and have you drag me up. That was my thought process. Yeah, I should be able to haul you up, but the problem is getting me that end of the rope. If you could find a rock, maybe, that you could tie the other end to it. Yeah, you're probably not going to be able to throw a rope up 20 feet either. So you're saying I need an anchor on the other, a counterweight on the other side of the rope for me to make this toss? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Like a grappling hook. I don't have a grappling hook, but could I tie just like an unlit torch or something of that sort to the other end? That could potentially work. Anything that would weight it down. It would slow you down to put all of this stuff together. Okay, well, I'm okay with being slowed down. This has to work. Like, I'm not going to (laughs) last. Yeah, Yeah, true. I mean, out of the whole group, I have the highest strength number. I don't know if that's going to help my rope tossing ability. Mm. Yeah, it'll help. But you're saying I'm going to have to make a check, is what you're saying. Yeah, you'll make... Make a strength check, probably. Do you carry any kind of javelins or anything like that? No, I have a small cutting knife. <laughs> okay. You said he was like 20 feet up? Yeah. Yeah. So as Tokus approaches, I would uh, probably shout down at this point and say, Don't come to this building. We barricaded the whole thing. Go into Aslo's building. Make a perception check to hear that through the bagpipes. 
<laughs> okay, so it's just a 10. You probably actually don't notice because you're kind of busy tying all these knots. All right, uh, Aslo, I wave my arms at you like this and and shout for you to stop playing. So general looking around, give me a perception check and I'll tell you what you notice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Five minus one is four. Okay, so then no, you don't hear (laughs) <laughs> uh, you just see Tokus is still running. It looks like he's safe for the moment, but some of the zombies have noticed him and are starting to catch up. You don't see mm-hmm. any other movement in the other building, and you aren't looking at the right time when Shava starts waving. Yeah, so for me, not being able mm-hmm. to read your mind, Tokus, I'm thinking like, no, what? Don't. Why are you running over here? Because I don't know that you're planning to throw the rope up to me. So I'm like, no, don't, don't. The doors are blocked. Go into the into that one because it's quicker. Yeah, but see, like to me, this gesture of like, <laughs> like, hey, like throw the here, rope, hey. like, hey, I'm I'm open, come I'm open. Here, come over here, yeah. <laughs> like, cause cause Aslo hasn't paid me any mind. He's still playing the song. So I'm like, oh, okay, well I'll go where Shaba is. Like he sees me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so then you tried the tying the torch and throwing it up there? Actually, that's another point. He's You're playing music on the roof, Brian. That building you're in isn't barricaded. <laughs> nope. So I don't really want to go into that building. There's no guarantee I'm going to be able to get onto the roof. Is there? Nope. I, I, I get what you're saying, Shaba. I, yeah. get, I get it. You don't want me to be there, but that's where I want to be. I want to be... On the barricaded house. Right. I have failed all my dice rolls tonight, <laughs> by the way. So I'm uh, going to have you make one more athletics check to stay ahead of the zombies that are chasing you. Okay. Athletics check. 17. Okay. So you manage to keep just enough distance that you arrive at the building, and they're about 10, 15 feet behind you, and you have one chance to throw up the rope before they reach you. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. Alright, um... <laughs> yeah, this is really, really terrible. So give me a strength check. Brian, can you stop playing your song to tell me I'm I'm beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know to stop playing yet. Just for reference here, this might be the most crucial role as far as my character's life. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Probably. In recent memory. Yeah, since there are 40 zombies following you. <laughs> well, wasn't... Bri- Aslo, weren't you watching me? Like, don't you know what's... what's? Don't you know this is dire? I did. Wouldn't I did you put down you. your bagpipes? You could have done it as he ran by. Um, yeah, I don't have it pulled up, but I think I can just do it, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'll just go ahead and do that then. That's my last use of it. Okay. So, Tokus, you are encouraged... And afraid for your life. <laughs> I have all the motivation I need. All right, so so this is going to be with... Um, athletics, right? Yeah, I guess athletics is probably better than strength. Athletics, and then you choose after you roll if you want to roll the d6 as well. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay, that's cool. Wait, it's after? Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so you can roll the d20 first. After you roll and before I tell you whether it works or not. Right. right. Oh, okay, so I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay, so if I'm like, hmm, that seems low. Especially if it seems close. I'm using the D6. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, even though that's with a plus two, I'm... Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it helped, it helped. Okay, so I got an eight plus two plus three. Uh, so 13, thir- all together. 13. So you try to throw it up to Shava, and instead of reaching all the way up to him, you get it up to one of the windows, and it just kind of lands inside the window. 
But it's not a grappling hook. Like, if I pull, it's going to come out the window, I imagine. <laughs> Probably, but you're not really sure. Well, I, I guess I'm screwed if I don't try. So maybe I hope that it, like, catches on something, like maybe, like, a, a bedpost or, like, yeah. a drawer or something. A chair. Yeah, anything. Yeah. So I give it a tug and hope that it caught on something. Maybe the windowsill itself. Okay. It doesn't start falling immediately. <laughs> I climb off the roof and swing inside into the thing. I don't even care if I fall 20 feet. I'll throw myself off the side of the roof, swing in, and try to grab the rope to help him come up. (laughs) This is do or die. Okay, you make an athletics check, and Tokus also make another one to climb the rope. And I will make one attack roll as a zombie reaches you. That's an 11. You dodge out of the way of the first zombie that tries to grab you, and climb up the rope a little bit. Okay, I got a five on my athletics check. You kind of slip as you're getting over the edge, so you just have to reorient yourself before you can actually get inside, and you basically lose the round to do that. Okay. Aslo, are you doing anything other than bagpipes? Uh, Assuming that I can see them from where I am? Yes. Um, I would think that continuing to cause a distraction would be the best thing that I could do, so I think I would just keep playing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It does look like most of the zombies are still focused on you. Okay. But there's half a dozen or so that have followed Tokus. Mm. Maybe you're not playing the right song. Like, you gotta play something that the zombies would like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe if I start playing Boot Scoot and Boogie, they'll all form a line. If you play Michael Jackson's Thriller, all the zombies are gonna get line up and dance. That's it. That's what so it is. So that's clearly yeah. the tune of choice. <laughs> that was the element I was missing. Um, yeah, I don't think I would, if I were in that situation, I don't think I would do much else or have much else to do. Let me just check on one spell real quick. I mean, I think it's important for the story that you're at least watching this transpire, like Shaba dangling from the window and me, like, you know, slowly climbing this rope that's barely hanging on, like, over a swarm of zombies approaching. Yeah. As soon as I get inside that house, I grab the rope and haul like I've never hauled before. I don't even, like, stand there and pull. I just literally run with the rope in my hands. Just run through the house, through the bedroom door, in a straight line away from the window with the rope in my hands. (laughs) Yeah, the one spell I was looking up wouldn't work in this situation. Well, what was it? Just out of curiosity. Sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you make it to about their head height by the time Shaba lands inside the building and grabs the rope. He starts running. A couple more zombies take swipes at your legs as you start flying up towards the window. And they roll pretty badly. So, you manage to get out of the way of the zombies before they clobber you. And you're getting pulled inside the building. You kind of bang on the windowsill a little bit. Shaba, you've reached the opposite side. You feel him hit the window okay and you can turn back and you see that he is there grabbing onto the edge <laughs> i i feel the bump but i don't stop or turn back until i feel him go over the bump <laughs> i want him inside this house i'm not stopping until he is okay you scramble over the edge and land with a thud it looked like the rope was kind of partially cut on some of the shutters inside ah oh, it was the shutters <laughs> All right, seeing him get inside, I will now stop playing my bagpipes. <laughs> it takes a lot of lung capacity, right? Like, out of any instrument, bagpipes. Like, you got to be winded at this point. The bagpipes actually act as their own lung. That's what that bag is. So you blow it. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it still does take a lot of lung capacity for sure. Mm-hmm. But you, like, blow the air in, and then the bag sort of conserves it. And so you can, like, breathe in between. Right, you kind of, like, do this motion. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Aslo's known to be a pretty long-winded fellow anyway. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, now we're on the second floor of this building, and Aslo's on the other building. And the zombies have split their attention between the two buildings. All right. The the ceiling is just shy of eight feet, you said, Thane. Yes. So that means my head is bumping the ceiling as I walk. So I'm going to punch a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> uh, and I will continue... Uh, Hank, hold up a second, hold up. Before you start doing weird things like punching holes through walls, <laughs> I nearly just died. So, you know... I'm freaking out. And Shaba, Shaba, thank you so much for saving me. I'm sorry I was such a coward earlier and you guys, like, ran off to do the mission and, like, no. I, I hid in a wheelbarrow because I was scared of the zombies. Like, no. that was such a mistake. There was nothing cowardly about that. I'm sorry that we left you behind. I'm sorry that it ended up... Wait, you left me behind? We didn't intentionally leave you behind. We thought the barrier would stop them. We got inside the barrier, inside the gate, and we thought that it would keep them out, but it didn't, so we had to run. And then Aslo tried to send you a message with his spell, but I guess I guess you didn't get it. That's what he told me. No, I, I didn't get that message. So, sorry, we, we didn't mean to leave you behind. Okay, well, I'm just saying I learned my lesson. Like, I'll never try, you know, I'll, I'll try to always be by your side. Yeah, well, <laughs> and that's the thing, too, is, like, I would take a second to, like, comfort you and be like, how are you doing? But I know that the urgency of what's happening now is that we have a, we're in a building that the zombies are now attracted to. So they're going to start working, so we might as well start working, too. Oh, hey, I brought my rope. Hey, what can we do with this? <laughs> All right. That rope is good. Rope is good. Uh, so I make a big hole in the ceiling. I'm, like, breathing a sigh of relief that Tokus is in here. I will beat my, my own knuckles bloody. I will take damage to punch my way out onto the roof. You know how when you're up on a ladder and, like, you lose your balance momentarily? Like, it scares the crap out of you? That just happened to me when I went out on the window. So I'm not interested in doing that again. I want to go through this time, which we should have done before. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you start pounding your way through the ceiling and the roof. Aslo, you see a few of the zombies start to batter their way into the building that you're standing on top of. Hmm. Uh, how many stories is my building? It's also two stories. Also two. And um, is there rooftop access to this building? Uh, no. Okay. All right. So I'm probably safe for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they can't actually get to me. So... Um, do I, so I also see that there are other zombies uh, assaulting the building that they're in, too? Yeah. You hear another voice come from the opposite direction. Who's out there? What in the world is going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. We'll explain it all in a minute. Uh, but the, the short of it is, we're here to rescue you, and everything's going to be fine. Are you, Wilm? I am. I'm glad to hear someone else alive. <laughs> yes. We're glad to hear that you're alive. Just sit tight and... Uh, actually, do you have any rope in there by any chance? I don't. I lost all my supplies oh. when I ran. Okay. Well, we're we're uh, working on it. Give us some time, and we'll get there eventually. <laughs> I, maybe. You can actually see his face in the window, because his building is another story taller than yours. Okay. So he's basically at the same level that you are, just looking out. Mm. Okay. And how far away is that if I, assuming I walk to whatever end of the row building? If you get as close to him as you can on your building, he's probably another uh, 80 feet or so, 80, 90 feet. So we can communicate pretty easily. Okay. Yeah, so I just tell him to sit tight. 
Uh, sure thing. <laughs> I see you've got everything under control. <laughs> he looks down at all the zombies. Uh, yep, it's all fine. <laughs> don't don't you worry about a thing. We'll get you out of there lickety split. You see my head just blast through the adjacent <laughs> roof in a shower splinters, and I'm like, who are you talking to over there, asshole? Chaba's punching some holes. <laughs> who is that? Did you actually just headbutt your way through the roof? I assume I break through one way or another. Might as well use my head. I think I found Wilm. Oh, thank the Ram Lord. And then I yell down to Tokus. Tokus, we found Wilm. He's in that building. Let me just make this hole big enough, and then I'll pull you through. Sounds good. You can hear them banging on the windows and the door down below. Hmm. I'm sure. Do you go over to look and see what's going on? I'll I'll go take a look. Yeah. So, looking out the window, you see that they've uh, shattered the glass, but they're working on banging on the furniture. The door, it's locked, so it's fairly sturdy, but it's starting to splinter a little bit where the latch is. I guess I'll relay this information to Shaba. Hey, Shaba, you might want to do that head busting a little faster. We don't have much time. I'm working as fast as the game master will allow me to. You do manage to break through, so you clear a small hole enough that you can squeeze through as long as you're careful to avoid all the jagged edges. Okay. And I guess you pull Tokus onto the roof with you. Mm-hmm. Stripey is still on the roof, by the way. He's been chilling up here this whole time. Just watching this transpire. <laughs> yeah. Just accidentally punch the... the <laughs> yeah, I, accident, I like punch my head up through the roof and then Stripey goes flying. <laughs> I'm sure he has some badger words for you. <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not happy, but I mean, <laughs> he never is. So, you're now all on the roofs again, and you can see Wilm. <sighs> yes. Seeing is not believing in this case. <laughs> believing that he's still alive, yes. Well, I believe that he's still alive, I just don't believe that we have a chance to get out of this alive. Hmm. If this were a typical action movie, there would be, like, some deus ex machina right now. Right. Let's just bank on that happening. Yeah, a fleet of helicopters <laughs> with side-mounted Gatling guns would come, would fly in and just own all the zombies. <laughs> uh, my spell repertoire is limited and not particularly useful at the moment. But what was that one ability you were or spell you were talking about earlier that you said wouldn't wouldn't be helpful in that scenario? What was it again? It was sleep, which doesn't affect undead creatures. All right. Well, if you put Willem to sleep, he won't see what how bad of a job we're doing rescuing him. And then when he <laughs> when he wakes up, he'll be like, "Oh yeah, we totally saved you." Yeah, we're awesome, by the way. Don't worry, I've I've convinced him that everything's under control. <laughs> we're like pretty much legendary heroes. It's my charming wit and dashing good looks. I've convinced him of that. <laughs> I mean, there might be some tools in his... Like, what if we could make it to his building? Now that we have the rope, could we maybe traverse these roofs a little more efficiently? Like, we'll toss the rope across. You guys each become an anchor. I'll climb across. Mm. And then I'm strong enough. Well, I don't know. Is, is 14 strong enough to hold a giant? I was going to say, then you could climb up the rope. with. I don't think strength is important. I think it's the weight. Mm-hmm. He would simply pull you off the edge no matter how strong you are. Well, the other option is I throw you. Granted, you're twice... Three times as heavy as Aslo with your armor on. Yeah, I, my, my character is 40 pounds and my armor is 55 pounds. 
<laughs> Probably a little less than that because it's because it's gnome sized. Oh uh, yeah, true. Because it's small sized. The weights are meant for medium characters, but still with all of his weapons and everything too. Sure. Okay. Well, even even eighty pounds, even seventy to eighty pounds. Yeah. Now that's getting to be a significant. Even though I can lift six hundred pounds, that's still getting to be a significant amount of weight. Percentage of that. Yeah. Yeah. You hear the door break open beneath you, and some zombies start to enter the building. Shaba, we got to make a decision. Okay. Here's how we could do it. We tie one end of the rope off to a rafter on the building that I just punched a hole through. I jump across to the other building, tie the rope around my waist, lay down, let you tightrope across. Then I jump back across, unhook the rope, <laughs> jump back across again, and we do the you, same thing You're not going to make all these twice rolls. More. Exactly, exactly. You're not going to make all these but rolls. That's what I'm saying. That's the only scenario I can think of that we don't lose the rope. Well, hold, hold the phone. Hold the phone. The rope has made it to the roof. I'm safe now. Mm -hmm. You take the rope, toss it to Aslo, and Aslo has to do the rest of this scenario. We're going to watch. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. We're spending all this time thinking about how we're going to get to Willem's building. Like, what are we even going to do once we get there? Are we just going to, like, ask him to, like, open the window and toss the rope through the window? I mean, what's the plan? I mean, the plan is either to die before we get there or to die after we get there. I mean, we're, we're being surrounded by hundreds of, literally hundreds of zombies. There's no, there's zero chance we fight our way out of this. Yeah, but we don't know if Willem has some sort of, like, abilities or if there's something in the building he's in. Yeah, but he would have used it by now if he had it, something like that. The zombies never got into his building, right? It doesn't look like they did. Door was still closed. I mean, I don't want to just die and get eaten. Like, I want to fight back. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to die. I just don't see any way that we don't. Well, we don't have all the facts yet. Yeah, come on, Shaba. Don't be so down in the dumps. <laughs> just picture the end of this day when we've rescued Wilm and we're going home to get our reward. Everything's going to be great. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Asla. <laughs> you always have a positive outlook on things. All right, I'm grabbing you, Tokus. Remember when I tried to throw you through that window? I'm grabbing you by the seat of your pants and the collar, and I'm going to spin around and throw you like a discus. Okay. You're still wearing the rope, probably? Uh, I untie the rope and put it back in my bag. No, don't untie the rope, because then if you yeah. fall, then I can pull you back up. Ah, okay. So if you if you make a mistake, you're just... Actually, yeah, wait. How long is the rope? 50 feet? 50 feet. 50 feet. Okay, so I tie it off to the rafter. You're just slingshot me? Uh, a distance that's... Long enough to let you land on the other roof, oh, should okay, you do so, okay. but not long enough to let you fall all that extra distance, that 20 feet to the ground. Mm. It'd be about a 10-foot fall. Yeah. yeah. You missed. So, worst case scenario, you fall, you smack the side of the building, you take some damage, and I pull you back up. I'm, a, I'm your yo-yo, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are literally my, like, gnomish yo-yo. No. <laughs> I wish, I mean, because I have a much better strength value, I wish I could throw you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I do too, believe me. I would love to get thrown around. <laughs> it would make life easier in some ways. All right, I'll, I'll give it a try. Uh, that's an 18. All right. You managed to throw him, and he lands a few feet away from the edge on the opposite side. Uh, oh, good to see that you're still alive and kicking, Tokus. <laughs> yeah, I made it after all. Thanks for playing those tunes. Anytime. I go back and untie the rope from the rafter and chuck it over to them. I put Stripey on my shoulders and get a running start, and I'll attempt to make uh, an acrobatics check to not slip off the roof and die. <laughs> That one was significantly worse. I rolled a six. 
Hmm. Okay. Uh, you jump off, uh, maybe not in the ideal distance from the edge, and land kind of you know, upper body onto the opposite roof. <coughs> <laughs> and then I hold out my arms and let Stripey crawl onto the roof before I pull myself up. And then we both grab onto his arms and try and pull him up. <laughs> Come on, we've got you! We've got you! And I'm like, let go of my arms. I need to pull myself onto the roof, please. Thank you for your help. I, I appreciate it very much. I've got your pinky. No, no, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> okay, so you make it onto the roof. Uh, I roll over onto my back. And lie there to catch my breath. In, in the pose of the Ram Lord? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've got, you know, my, like, knuckles are bloody and probably, you know, because I don't have hair, probably my head is, like, split and cut, cut up from ramming myself through the roof. All right. Well, the good news is I've got a plan from here. Now that we're all on the same roof... Uh, I can do the same <laughs> The bad trick. news is it's not a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bad news is we're still all going to die. No, um, I will, I'll do the same trick. I'll keep playing the bagpipes <clears throat> on this end of the building. Then, now that there's no one else on the ground, all of the zombies should be drawn to me. And you guys should be able to run to the other side. Maybe try to jump to the other roof to get some extra distance. But from there, you can probably go on foot and uh, just get into the taller house that way. I go over to the other side of the roof and call over to Wilm. Is it better for us to enter your dwelling through the roof or to go down and go in through the door? Assuming that you can keep all of the zombies away from the door, that would obviously be the safest way. Okay. How is it that they haven't broken into your building yet? If you've been here for three days. I made sure to find one with a very sturdy door and lock, and I've barricaded it well with what I've been able to find here. I assume you've boarded the windows up and everything? Yes. They broke into ours within five minutes. Yours was a cheap house, and he's situated in an armory. Mm. Armory, you say? Yeah, judging from the signs, looks like old uh, armor shop. Yeah, so if we could, like, gear ourselves with some new wares, you know, maybe... There's a chance. I should be able to undo the barricade if you give me a few minutes. Okay. Uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that, and we will start counting down now to make our run for it. <laughs> All right. He disappears from the window. All right. I begin ripping the split shingles off of the, the roof. So you're just trying to expose the rafters again? Uh, well, expose the waddle, the strips of wood that run between the rafters. Then I'll have to do the same thing on the ceiling, although at that point I can probably just fall through. Okay, well this one's just open rafters. Oh, okay. And there are probably zombies in this one now, <clears throat> in this building. Yeah, none of them are that you can see when you break the hole open, but you can hear them down beneath you. Why aren't we, like, thinking about, like, the backside of the house? Is there, like, an alley back there? Like, what's back there? What's on the other side? Um, the zombies kind of started to just mold around the building, so the building's mostly surrounded. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Okay, so there are zombies in this building, and they are upstairs? You can't see where they are, but you can hear that there are some inside. And since this one wasn't defended at all, it's likely that they could make their way upstairs relatively easily. I think we got to stick to the roof, Shaba. Well, Wilm is now unbarricading the front door of his building. My thought would be to yell down, like stick my head down into the thing and get the zombies inside, because they're not going to be able to get up at us through the hole, but I can shoot them through the hole. We can both shoot them through the hole. Okay, so you want to draw them into the building, and then hopefully there's not many outside the building we can make a break for it? Yeah. I, I can get behind that. So I yell down, I go, Hey, zombies! If you're in this house, come over here and eat me. <laughs> What's the end goal with this? 
to shoot them all so that we can go through the house? <laughs> I mean, there can't be more than a few of them inside. More of them are coming in because this is the same house you're all standing on. Well, no, I liked Shaba's plan, except I would tweak it. I, I thought we were going to, like, shimmy down, like, one of the rain pipes or something after we get them all into the side of the house. Mm. And then if I were going to make a break for it. We just draw them all inside. Yeah, if they're all coming up. Yeah, let's do that then. Yeah. No need to, to shoot arrows if we can just draw them all away and then have you guys run in. True. Okay. Yep, so I'll shout down and say, hey, zombies, here I am. <laughs> Come inside. You spend three or four minutes shouting into the building, and uh, the room starts to slowly fill up with zombies that are trying to reach up towards you. <laughs> their hands are kind of scraping their rafters, and yeah, after four minutes, say that there are still seven left out on the street, but they have all converged now onto the building that you are on. To sweeten the deal a little bit, I uh, I pull out a strip of quail jerky and I toss it down to him and let him <laughs> fight over it. A few of them go for it and just start tearing it apart. <laughs> then you should dangle Stripey next for some real bait. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both know Stripey would never stand for that. No. He would vote against you during our votes even more than he already does. <laughs> yeah. Shaba, look, it's working. There's only a few outside. What do you think we should do now? I think we should now wait for the last few to come in from outside. <laughs> I can even start playing now to start drawing them away so that he can unbarricade and then you guys can run over. Mm. Yeah, there were still a handful of them in front of his door that never bothered moving over towards you. Okay. So before I continue playing, I'm going to need you guys to turn around. Turn around. Why? Like in a circle? Uh, preferably like half a circle, so that you're like <laughs> facing away from me. Uh, okay. Not sure. You're, you're not going to push us off the roof, are you? <laughs> no, no. You're my employees. I would never do something like that to you. Um, I can't. I can't have you guys like looking at me while I play. Why exactly? <sighs> well, okay. This is kind of awkward, but I was playing at a at a pub this one night. <laughs> When this old lady kept, like, heckling me and making these requests for songs I didn't know how to play. Like Freebird? And uh, I wasn't even really taking requests at the time anyway. I was just doing my act. And eventually I just, I don't know, I guess I just sort of got mad and told her off. Well, apparently that old lady was actually a witch. And she started mm. waving her fingers around and saying all these weird words. And uh, all of a sudden I, I just started getting, like sick to my stomach and I looked out at the crowd and everything got really blurry and fuzzy and I ran out into an alleyway and you know tossed my proverbial cookies <laughs> um, she had put some kind of curse on me that that made it so that the more that people pay attention to me while I'm playing the less good I am at my instruments okay so is that why you weren't good when you first started? Or was that just the <laughs> instrument? Um, no, I mean, if you think about it, every time that I've played my instruments around you guys, it's been when you were distracted or doing something else. You know, I played so, a little bit to, like, help you guys fall asleep at night, but you were not really paying attention to that because you were going to sleep. Or um, even as we were running up into the city, Shaba, you were running away from the, from the zombies, so I was able mm. to play a little bit then. And even just now on the bagpipes, you guys are both doing doing other things. So as long as people aren't giving me their full attention, I can, I can still do it. Okay, let's say you had a ravenous, bloodthirsty crowd of zombies. Can you even play in front of the undead? 
in front of yeah exactly yeah, yeah in front of the stage would that affect your yeah skill level? i don't i don't think the curse works that way i'm pretty sure it uh it only matters for people who can like think and stuff okay so if somebody could potentially think that you suck and they're watching you then you will start to suck yeah basically or like the more that they pay attention to me the more that i will suck okay well uh, i'm just gonna throw this out there i don't think the zombies are super uh concerned with your skill level (laughs) right but you guys might be so that's why i was asking you to turn around if you're not giving me your full attention then i can still kind of play you know a little bit okay so you it gets to the point where you literally cannot play at all Yes, I will uh, get stage fright if anybody is watching me and at pee, all. And pee your pants and become uh, paralyzed? Yeah, probably. Wow. You know, the, the exact effects of the, of the curse are uh, undetermined, but they're not good. That's actually why I decided to start this company, because I realized that I couldn't even make a living anymore as a musician, because I couldn't perform in front of anyone. Okay, I have three questions for you. I have three answers. How long ago did this witch thing happen? Um, just a few weeks ago. Weeks ago? Okay, do you know the witch's name? I don't. I, by the time I got back into the tavern, she had disappeared. Okay, third question. What was the person or thing that she loved most in the world? you know we we spent a lot of time together we went on a cruise and you know i really got to know her very well so no i have no idea actually (laughs) so you don't know her name you don't know what she loves how are we going to get you out of this curse that's exactly my predicament i have no way of finding her again so okay so she started heckling you while you were playing really good yeah i was i was doing awesomely you were like just jamming out you were playing, you were doing the one-man band thing while making things disappear and making flash bombs go off. Right. I was doing my magic tricks and music, all that stuff together. And she didn't like it? No. She, for whatever reason, just, like I said, she kept requesting that one song, you know, the one that uh, everybody likes, but it's actually not good. Yeah, you mean Freebird. Yeah, exactly. The one that everybody <laughs> requests all the time, like it's original. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they all say it's their jam, you know, mm-hmm. like... They start to tell you the story of when they were in high school and, you know, she and her friends would jam out to it in their bedroom. And I thought you said it was a song that you didn't know. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> details. <laughs> details. <laughs> yeah, since when do witches come to taverns to listen to bard music? She's a very peculiar witch. Yeah. If she's the kind of witch who would do that, maybe we should hit up the bar circuit when we get back into Ninnapt and try to mm. scope out a couple of prime locations, maybe where some well-known bards are going to be uh, playing. We can get yeah. the, we can get the info and try to be in those places at those times and see if we can find her. Yeah, try and track her down that way. It's a good idea. Okay. I turn around and plug my ears and go, even though the bagpipes are super loud. I do the same. All right. <laughs> Thanks for understanding, guys. I can't. So I'll start you. playing now. <laughs> <laughs> also, Shaba, I think you're really dumb. <laughs> I, I do not hear that. <laughs> <laughs> now I start playing. <laughs> the Damage Guild Podcast. Live, laugh, love, roll for initiative. What's up, guys? It's Jay Stout. I'm back. Much to your chagrin, I'm sure. I am here to tell you about some things we've got going on with the show. We are do- we're starting something 
really fun, and we're calling it the Royal Decree. If you go to our website, thedamageguild.com slash decree, you can issue your own royal decree. You can send a personal message to anyone you know. It could be a loved one, a friend, a friend that you love secretly or un- or known be noticed to them. Maybe you want to just tell them that you love them for the first time. That's cool, too. One of the four of us will then deliver that message on the air during this very segment. Uh, so this is a fun way to support the show. Uh, it's very reasonably priced to start out with. We're only going to be doing a, a couple a week. And these messages are going to be here in perpetuity. Once they're there, they're going to be there forever. As long as this podcast can be found anywhere on the internet, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there. Uh, if there's a particular date you want the message to go out, like if you want to send someone a birthday message or a happy graduation, you can specify a date and we will do our very best to make sure we deliver that message as close to that requested date as possible. We can't make any guarantees, but we will do our best. I promise. That's my personal promise to you. So again, that's thedamageguild.com slash decree. And you can issue a royal decree today and hear your, se- your own message read back to you and everybody else who listens to the show on a future episode. So with that, we will uh, return to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, let's jump back into the show and we will see you for episode seven next Monday. You are listening to the Damage Guild podcast. You wait a while longer trying to make more noise and distractions, but it just seems like those ones are too stupid to live. Are too stupid to find the entrance to the building. I uh, crawl over to the edge of the roof and I go, hey, stupid, the door is over there. (laughs) And then I get right over the front door and then I throw down another strip of jerky so that it lands right on the doorstep. Okay. Um, You see a couple from inside go for it as well as a few from outside. (laughs) All right. All right. And then I go back to the hole and go, just kidding, I'm over here. <laughs> okay, so another three or four minutes pass, and you've managed to get four more of them inside, so there's only three left outside. Okay. All right, Wilm's probably ready by now. Probably. Now, he's come back up to the top level, and he's just kind of watching everything that's happening out the window. Says, <laughs> <laughs> so should I just leave now? <laughs> uh, we're working as hard as we can over here to try and get to you, okay? So just cool your jets, buddy. Just give us, give us a couple minutes. Oh, my doorway is clear. I can just head outside now. <laughs> yeah, what about us, bruh? We have a, a freaking building full of zombies over here, okay? <laughs> oh, that's, that's an interesting twist. You can't just let us come in here and then rescue yourself when it's convenient for you, okay? <laughs> you gotta let us do the heroic stuff. Oh, of course not, but I could give you a hand. Well, okay. Do you have any levels in distract zombie? <laughs> well, I could probably handle the few that are still outside. Oh, sweet. Do you have a weapon? <laughs> I do. I have my sword. All right. Swords are cool. Um, well, if you really want to, I mean, we're not going to ask you to voluntarily put yourself in harm's way, but I'm not going to stop you if you insist. Unless you have a better plan. Well, our plan really was to get all the zombies inside the building and then climb down outside, like on the rope. And then once we got to you, then we would make another plan for 
figuring out what happened <laughs> after that. But I guess your plan's pretty cool, too. Why don't you fight those zombies, and we'll climb down, and we'll... Well, I guess if they broke through the door, then we can't really close the door from the outside. So this is actually a bad plan, because we can't keep the zombies in. <laughs> are you still talking to Willem, or are we planning right now? I'm talking half to Willem and half to myself <laughs> at this point, and half to you since you're there. So three halves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and math. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. There, if Willem's going to help us fight the zombies, it's, it's three on three if Aslo needs to continue to distract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can keep distracting as long as necessary. Wait a minute. I've, I've solved the puzzle. We got this. Okay. Okay. Gravity. So what if we tied the rope to the roof that Aslo's on? We use that to shimmy down, uh, Shaba and myself, and then once we dispose of the outer zombies, meet up with Willem, Shaba, you could basically turn that into a zip line. Oh, yeah. And then Aslo could, yeah, you could, you could shimmy down the rope, mm-hmm. like slide down the rope. It's it's a pretty long rope. It's uh it's um fifty feet. Fifty feet. So we could turn it into a nice zip line and then Aslo can swing down and we just bolt out of there. Right. Once you guys have killed the zombies, then you get close however close you need to to turn it into even like a forty five degree angle. I slide down, we all run away. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I imagine while we're fighting the zombies, like some of them are gonna like come out of mm-hmm. the building and like if we pull the whole length of the rope that's a nice escape for Aslo while he's still distracting also it's a lot more dramatic exactly <laughs> it is like I was thinking Shaba you and I just shimmy down the rope kill the zombies mm-hmm. and then I'm assuming you because you're the tallest you'll make the best angle you're, you're the anchor and then Aslo I don't know what Aslo you're going to use to slide though we'll tie it off beforehand to the rafters yeah no I mean I don't know what like you're going to get rope burned oh don't worry about that I've got a cover <laughs> I could also just jump down into your loving arms Shaba you could well that, that would be nice because then we get to keep the rope maybe or since there's only three zombies outside now then Tokus you and I can just pot shot them from here until they're dead well I mean the arrows are a very ineffective weapon like actually I don't know how I'm going to fight these guys because I have both piercing <laughs> weapons right yeah, in D&D terms, it's it's all the same. Like, it's still damage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I might be better doing what we did in the town, like, just light a torch and just beat them over the head with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only torches actually counted as clubs, which are simple weapons, then I would be proficient with them. Hmm. Which, I don't really know the difference between a torch and a club, because they're both just sticks that you hit things with. One of them is on fire. <laughs> I would <Yeah>. say... <laughs> I would say the reason that a torch might not count is because it would be a lot more fragile than a club. Yeah, that's sort of how I picture them. It's like a thin stick with a, like a knob at the end that has like the, the stuff on it. Yeah. As opposed to like a large, thick like plank of wood almost. All right, well, why don't we table that? Because like it doesn't matter whether we turn it into a zip line, essentially, or he just climbs down. We'll know whether or not there's enough zombies for us to like push through and escort, mm-hmm. you know, Willem and, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. If we can just kind of just walk out of there, or if we need to do an epic zipline. Right. Okay, so why don't we let Willem come out and engage these zombies in close combat while we shoot down on them? Deal. So the three of us are still fighting, but he obviously has some skill with a melee weapon. Sounds good. All right, we're ready for you, Willem. <laughs> come on out. Okay, first off, my name is Willem. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'll be out in just a minute. And so you see him cautiously opening up the front door, looks around a little bit, 
and then steps outside with his sword ready and starts approaching the house that you're all on. Okay, we begin firing down upon the zombies. Fish in a barrel. Yep. So yes, he moves up and stealthily approaches the first zombie, and without being spotted, he just goes up and guts him from behind. (laughs) And then the other two start moving towards him, and you take a few shots. So roll your attack rolls. Okay. Uh, 15. Uh, 16. Okay, so those both hit. Uh, 8 damage. And 9 damage. So you do significant damage to one of them, but the other one still manages to get a claw on Wilm before he then finishes off the one that you were attacking and turns and brings down the last one before you have a chance to knock another arrow. Turn to Shab and I say, I wonder if Azler's still hiring. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) No no doubt, this guy uh, knows what he's doing. All right, Aslo, it's it's time to uh, time to descend that rope. I'm still playing. <laughs> <laughs> Willem is keeping a close eye on the door from around the corner just to see if any more come in. I tap you on the shoulder and I say, "Okay, we're good. Ready? Yep. Okay, let's do it." I don't look at Aslo or make eye contact <laughs> with him or anything while while this is happening while he's playing. The the bagpipes just kind of, like, sag out of (laughs) As you, like, push them together and shove them back in the bag. I put Stripey on my shoulders and stand up at the top with uh, my bow drawn while Tokus and Aslo go down, just covering the area. It looks pretty clear. All right, let's do it. It's easy enough to rappel down the side. Okay. okay. Drop safely to the bottom. But what about Tokus's rope? It's still tied off at the top. I, I think we're going to have to sacrifice it. I mean, one of us could, like, cut the rope at a certain height, and we get to keep <laughs> some of the rope. Or if Shaba goes down first, one of us could untie the rope and jump down into his arms. That's true. I was going to say, why don't we just sacrifice some length of my rope in this scenario? That's not a big deal. You could spend a minute to cut it and get maybe 25 feet. Yeah, at this we don't, point, we don't have, don't we don't have, we have a minute. Have a <laughs> yeah. yeah, not worth it. We'll get rope somewhere else. As soon as I stop playing, we got a boogie. All right, so once Tokus and Aslo are safely on the ground, then Stripey and I come after. All right, I turn to Aslo. You owe me 50 feet of rope when we get back. Uh, say again? <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, page six of the um, contract, I'm going to need you to uh, replace that. Uh, Which part are you referring to, exactly? (laughs) Well, so anything that is categorized... You wrote this thing. I mean, you did write it, did you not? Oh, yes. I absolutely wrote every word of it. (laughs) Page six, section B, anything, any adventuring uh, expenditures, we should take any receipts... Save those, and then, of course, give them to you at the appropriate time to replenish materials. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's cover that at the end of the adventure. We'll um, we'll go through all the bookkeeping together, and and you know, we'll take care of receipts later. Let's go. Yep, great. <laughs> so, Willem says, "Where are we headed to now? Have you secured a path to escape?" I thought you knew where we were headed. We just got to this city. Uh, <laughs> we came in that the on the the gate over there, the closest gate to this place. So I assume the quickest route to get out would be to go back the way we came. All right, well, let's move. All right. We start running. Oh, guys, we don't want to run that way. I threw my music box over there. <laughs> maybe we should Maybe we should go around this way, actually. Yeah, we'll take another street, another different side street. Yeah. Also, I'm adding that to the tab. Parts <laughs> for a new music box. <laughs> so since both the north and east directions are blocked, you have to head either west or south, which is opposite where you want to go. Out of town is where we want to go. 
doesn't matter which direction we have to get there. We want to get out of here. There is another gate to the south. It's a little bit farther than the east gate, but it might not be quite as crowded. All right. Path of least resistance. Wilm starts leading the way. You wind your way through a few streets before hitting the wall, and then just kind of follow along the wall until you reach the gate, which is wide open, but not broken like the west gate was. At this point, Wilm stops, and he says, Thank you very much for coming to my rescue. How did you know where I was, and my name, and everything? Who are you? Rysynth Cloudon sent us to find you, your brother, and uh, Dillard, merchant. And we found your brother and Dillard. We found your brother and Dillard, and they pointed us in your direction. You did. I'm glad that they're still well. Uh, Well is a relative term. Well, it might be pushing it a little much. I would say... Uh, technically still alive. I would say, meh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your brother's doing doing all right. And Dillard? He Dillard, you know, he's hanging in there like a champ. Yeah. Let's go, let's go find out exactly how he's doing at the moment. He's fighting with every breath, and uh, he is a, a real trooper, that Dillard. That, <laughs> that dillard merchant dastardly dillard <laughs> that i thought we were calling him dying dillard <laughs> well not in front of his friend his no. best friend uh he you know i i have a lot of respect for for dillard for what he's doing here for the fight that he's putting into this let's just go and find them so that you can see for yourself so that i don't have to deflect anymore <laughs> <laughs> i saw their smoke i believe were they in the northeast tower Yes, they were. That's the one. <laughs> totally. You know it. So it's probably safest if we head out of town and circle around. Let's do it. Def skis. So you make your way outside. There's another little shanty town in front of this gate. We'll just circle all the way around. Yeah. Matter of fact, I would be fine with never, ever, ever, ever going into that town again. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be okay with me. You circle around, and as you're walking, Wilm says, I've been trapped in that building for a few days. I was almost out of food. Again, thank you for rescuing me. Don't mention it. But when we get back to Rysynth Cloud, and definitely mention it then. Yeah. <laughs> I did, unfortunately, drop some of my supplies and the notebook that I've been using to keep track of everything that we've found. How could you do that to us, Will? If you're about to ask us to go back into that stupid town, then you can forget it. Uh, you're just going to have to remember what you wrote and make a new notebook, okay? I can remember the most important things, but I'm sure there are some details that will be lost. Which are? Why don't you, to jog your memory, to keep it fresh until you get a chance to write it down, why don't you tell us the most important things? That would be good for all of us. In fact, tell us the details. That way, when you go to write it down, you won't forget them. I don't know if I would be allowed to discuss everything I've learned, and most of it is just speculation. Well, we love speculation. We're yeah. speculators ourselves, actually. We have a small stake in the gold markets, uh, pending your return. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, we're, we're in there with you. Well, it seems as if this barrier was put here uh, probably around the same time as the infection or the whatever has happened here began. Uh, it seems related somehow, but uh, he just looks like he's hesitating to actually tell you any real details of what he's found. Listen, come on, buddy. You know us, and you trust us. Come on, we're... Yeah, we just risked our lives to save you. <laughs> you did, and again, I thank you. Yeah, obviously we're not your enemies. No, but 
if I tell you I might make other enemies that I don't want to have. Dude, we don't have any enemies, okay? Except those zombies. We're all on the same team here. Against those things. Any enemies that you might make will not be our enemies, so it's fine. I mean, I didn't mean to say it that way. We're not going to make any enemies here. They're not our enemies. They're not your enemies. We're all friends. Everybody's fine. Quick um, rules question for the DM. Um, When a person has the charmed condition, do they, uh, and afterward... (laughs) Do they like you? Do they know that they've been charmed? (laughs) Um, I think it depends somewhat on the spell or whatever it is that gives them the condition. Okay. Um, I'm mostly referring to my diplomatic feat, which is not really a spell. It's just basically being diplomatic. Yeah, that's not magic. You're just, you're being convincing. Okay. Uh, I would like to try to do that since we've been talking for roughly a minute or so. Um, and he, d- he does technically owe us his life. So there's that. <laughs> right. And I'll, I'll make sure to point that out as I'm persuading <laughs> him. Um, that would be a natural 19 with a plus seven. So 26. <laughs> <laughs> Versus his insight check. So, if he fails, then that means that he's charmed by you? Yeah, that's all it is. As long as he's within 60 feet of me, basically. (laughs) Okay. It seems like that barrier somehow targeted the people living inside the town. What? Oh, you know what? To keep them from getting out? Earlier in the session, I forgot to ask a very important question. Do the zombies look old? Yes. Mm. Does every single last one of the zombies look old? (laughs) Yes, and more particularly the ones inside the town look even older than the ones outside. Older than the ones... Do we Uh, now look older? Slightly. (laughs) I can't really be sure. I check stripies fur for gray furs. (laughs) You're only in town for like 20 minutes. Well, so, I mean, Stripey's, like, entirely gray, almost, except for his white and black head. I, I, <laughs> I take off Tokus's wig, and I see if there are any gray hairs growing from his bald head. By the way, in the original description, it said you had a patchy beard. Is, that, is the beard real, Tokus? Yes. <laughs> That's been a wig, too, the whole time. <laughs> this is a real beard. It's mine. It's real, so that's the only <laughs> hair you can grow. Okay, I, I like, inspect, like, as if I'm, like, an, an ape going through, like, picking Looking through. For, first of all, I don't know if I'd just let you take off my wig in front of a stranger. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> like, forget the wig. Forget the wig. I just look at your beard, because I know, I know that that's the only real hair that you have. So I see if there are gray hairs in there. I, 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 why are you picking through my beard, Shaba? And I check, your, I like check your face for wrinkles and stuff. I like poke at you and stuff like that. He just came to a sudden realization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll explain in a moment. As soon as the DM explains to me what I see when I look closely at you, I will tell you what I'm doing. You find a couple of gray hairs in there. <gasps> oh my god, Tokus. Being inside that zone of magic has made you slightly, slightly older. Nay, all of us slightly older. Even Stripey here. I would like to make an arcana check to verify if what he says is true. If there's some kind of time warp, warping spell over the town, uh, that would be a six. (laughs) You... I have no idea. Okay. All right. Uh, you should let me make the Arcana check, because I'm quite good at Arcana. Oh, you can do You can do it, too. Do it. 
I actually didn't do that well. I got a 10. Oh, wait, no, I forgot to have my proficiency bonus. 12. 12. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, it would sort of make sense with uh, what happened to your town. But it does seem like it, if you pointed out that the zombies are also old. I move over to Aslo's scalp, knowing that <laughs> when we first met a few days ago, he had a, a full, thick head of curly brown hair. And I look for signs of aging on him as well. Um, you look through his hair, and... <laughs> you find a tick! <laughs> <laughs> ah, good thing I caught this before it got out of hand. Uh, you don't find any gray hairs, but it's pretty thick and curly and hard to pick through. Mm. Uh, yeah, so as you were saying, Wilm, you were saying things because you really like Aslo, and you think he's a good friend and a trustworthy individual. And you, you just get the sense that you would tell me anything, you know? He's the kind of guy you can just talk to for hours about things that you might not otherwise want to talk about. I mean, I want to talk. I just don't want to get in trouble with my boss. and Because okay. I'm not supposed to be telling other people everything that I was supposed to report back to him. That's fine. We don't mind. Look, bro, we don't even know your boss, you know? You can tell us anything, literally. And we'll never know, and your boss will never know. Well, we did have a run-in with those death dogs in the previous town on our way over. And that, and a few signs of magic we found here, lead us to believe that all of this was specifically set here by some person or group. So you have suspects of who you believe it might be. We have a few ideas, but I'm not ready to start naming names or anything. We need more information to find out. There are a few groups that have access to this sort of magic, or this level of magical power, as well as trained beasts and such similar to those death thugs. Death dogs, you say. The two-headed dogs is what you're referring to? Yes. Did you see them as well? We did. We saw both live specimens and dead. We did also find that uh, those zombies that were inside the town were unable to leave past the barrier. Yeah, so that's what I was wondering. Did someone set that barrier to keep the villagers inside so that they couldn't uh, escape, essentially, the plague that was affecting them? But we could get in and out. Are we sure that barrier wasn't to protect the world from those zombies getting out of the town? Maybe they thought they were already kind of screwed. Maybe they're a good thing. Mm, oh, like putting them into uh, into isolation? What's the word? Quarantine. Quarantine, yeah. Huh. It could be either. So maybe someone that was inside the town when the barrier was placed couldn't get out, but we could come in and then out. Well, no, I think it's just it's like a repel undead-esque barrier type yeah. of magic. Mm. I'm sure it's much more... That'd be really sophisticated magic you're proposing, Brian. Yeah, and the other thing about that, too, is that it wouldn't stop sick people who are still alive from leaving. So it would be a fairly ineffective quarantine. Right. Well, no, once they already changed into zombies, I'm guessing somebody came to the town after and was like, this is a problem, put up a barrier. Hmm. It could be either. It could be benevolent, could be malevolent. I'm not sure. We don't know enough. Hmm. Maybe both. <laughs> and you you're saying you believe you may have uh suspects of people who put up this barrier or people who caused this plague or perhaps both it was probably related is our guess so one was related to the other you think most likely uh, we're still not entirely sure on everything we had planned to stay here scouting for a few more days to kind of nail down our suspicions and get some more details but when we got split up we had to postpone those plans I believe my friends and I would insist that that at this point you uh, come with us. 
We will fashion a travail of sorts for Dillard, uh, by which to travel while he is sick, so that we may return to Nanept, uh, where your trusted friend Rysenth Clowden is waiting for you and greatly anticipating your safe return. I suppose that may be for the best at this point. Perhaps if we had a wheelbarrow, we could... <laughs> Haul your friend in it. <laughs> that is back. true. That might actually mm. work in place of a travail. Yeah, too bad there are none of those laying around. Oh, man. Yeah. Hmm. If I only had a wheelbarrow, that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> is that a princess bride? Yeah. Have fun storming the castle. We're not going back for that wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> As you approach the watchtower where you last saw Nerdock and Dillard, Willem calls out, Brother, I have returned. Nerdock appears over the tower wall. Wilm, he shouts. Oh, thank Neros, you're alive. He quickly drops a rope over the edge and clambers down, and the two run towards each other and embrace briefly, exchanging a few words that you can't hear uh, before Nerdak turns to you. My thanks, friends. I am glad to see that you have all returned as well, and none the worse for wear. I'm sure you've had quite the adventure. You'll have to tell me all about it over the campfire tonight. Yes, it has been quite the adventure. We are so glad and so proud that we've been able to reunite you. And then I I kind of knee, take a knee and put my arms around my two companions and say, We've done we've done noble thing here today, my friends. <laughs> a good thing. We've we've faced death and lived to tell of it. Face the undead and live to tell of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Death and the undeath. Yeah. I almost died. Mm. All all three of us almost died at different times. Yes. I would say that if before we traveled as friends, now it's almost like we're brothers. Or enemies? No. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, yeah, no. I would say we've begun to form a bond that's almost closer than brotherhood. Something that no uh, blood relation could ever match. A bond akin to a Goliath and his badger. Uh, well, not quite that close, but so- sort of like like that. Um, I know I have mentioned to you both that uh, among my people, the chieftain often bestows a name of honor upon each of his kinsmen. Um, so I think that time has come. I've wandered these lands deprived of home or tribe for years, yet now I find the two of you have become both. So it's time I gifted you each with names of your own. And uh, I reach into my pocket and, um, Tokus, I hand you a flat round stone. Uh, it's about the size of a small sand dollar. And it's smooth, except there's an etching on one side of my face in profile. And then, <laughs> and, and like, then when you flip it over, on the other side, there's an impression of Aslo. And neither of them are very good. It's almost like. Like a child's drawing where you can tell by like... Like a cave painting. The, yeah, like the caricatured facial features or whatever that I tried to make it look <laughs> good, but it's not really good. And the, but I'm smiling as if I think it's good, <laughs> or at least pretending that it's good. Because uh, I know it would really crush you if I showed you how much I think that it sucks. <laughs> yeah, right. And there's a hole near the top, and I've threaded a, like a thin leather cord through it so you can wear it around your neck. And I hand it to you, and I say, Tokus... I name you Swiftmaker for your unmatched talents with the concepts and apparatuses of science and also your fleetness of foot while evading hordes of bloodthirsty zombies. A medallion of cowardice 
I will wear it with great pride. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your scattered yet brilliant mind has earned my admiration. And I believe that one day the masters of the Alchemist Guild will surely see that in you as well. And you will be lauded as one of them. Aw, shucks. Thanks, Shaba. And I put it around my neck, but a sand dollar is actually pretty big compared to a gnome. <laughs> yeah, so so it's, like... it's basically covering my entire chest plate. It's like a bling. It's like just right. <laughs> extra yeah. armor class point, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so to me, it's just like a little stone, <laughs> but to you guys, it's like a big heavy. Um, and so then I turn to Aslo, and I produce a similar stone, except, of course, on one side there's me, and on the other is Tokus in profile. And uh, you can kind of see, like, where I started to carve his hair and then quickly scratched it out after I found out he was actually bald. (laughs) Uh, And then I say, Aslo, I name you Little Song. For though you be but small, your brash and boisterous tune rises above the mountains, moving the souls of the virtuous and striking fear amongst the denizens of death. It is with the utmost sincerity that I declare you the kindest, most melodically talented employer I have ever had the pleasure of working for. Uh, and so I hand you your talisman and uh, stand. Okay. I sort of take a look at it, flip it over, look at it in my hands, and there's a, there's a tear sort of welling up in my eye. I say, this has... This has Tokus's face on it. Are you sure this this one isn't his? And I like try to, <laughs> try to exchange it with Tokus. Like, no, it is... No. These are... Uh, they are meant to, so that wherever you go in this world, whatever successes each of you may have in this life, you will look upon this and know you are never too far from us, your brothers in arms. Hmm. Okay. Got it. Got it. So I flip it <laughs> to show the image of the person that I like more at this particular moment. Yeah, you can kind of like switch it based on your mood and like. It's like yeah, it's like a mood ring. So I flip my medallion Aslo side down, <laughs> so it's currently right. revealing Shaba's face. Yeah, yeah. Nothing personal, Aslo. Right. Also, are these like are these like effect, uh, essentially friendship bracelets, or like maybe they have some kind of magic powers that allow us to communicate or something? No. Uh, they're not. They're, it, it, I, it's a I, rock. They're magical if you believe. That yeah, I would say friendship is the real magic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the way it is. And you can notice that now. You can see like a leather cord, and I have one also tucked underneath my tunic that you've never mm. noticed until now. Nice. But whose face is on top? Uh, I don't. I made we'll it, never find out. It's underneath. I made it a cube. I, I, I carved a rock into a cube so that there's two of each of your faces, and so it kind of like just rotates or whatever. Or I can roll it like a like a d6 if I need to like make a decision between two of you. <laughs> like if I have to decide nice. whose life to save first, then I'd probably roll it. Just roll a d6. <laughs> And nice. Stripey on the other two faces. Oh yeah, Stripey. Um, yeah. <laughs> Stripey's on the bottom because he'll always be the closest to my heart. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, now let us finish the task set out for us, returning to Ninept with our new friends to reap the dividends of our toil. Shall we? Yes. Let's. Agreed. 